Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! All right, my name is Nigel, filling in for Hammer, who is having his colon scoped. Yeah, the colonoscopy happened. He's doing fine. I think he posted some picture on social media with the tubes hanging out of his face, and he's in his gown, and he's... Um, I think he's I think he's incoherent at this point after the propofol but uh filling in in hammer spot my man Jerry Lopez otherwise known as Indy Spanglish on Twitter Jerry how are you doing well doing well happy Halloween everybody yeah happy Halloween maybe before we get started just a little bit about you and your background where you're from and everything like that sure you, you mix it up on the uh, on the X yeah quite yeah, a I, bit that's my that's my <laughs> playground the playground is is the X or uh, the the app formerly known as Twitter uh, my username there is Indy Spanglish. I'm an Indianapolis native. My parents are from Cuba. Uh, first generation and uh, military vet. Couple deployments under my belt. Love, uh, love politics. Love having the uh, the honest discussion. And uh, yeah. Love everything about it. Uh, and it's interesting, you're, you're for Cuban descent, because we have this story later about this Cuban dude that was schooling some... Uh, college commies oh yeah that's a good one <laughs> we'll get to that here in a little while first though i wanted to mention this about the um impd you know what like we're staunch police supporters on the show my family has a background in policing my uh, uncle robbie died in the line of duty as a state trooper back in the early 80s uh, going to a breakfast with a cop next week with um with those guys, uh, that that uh, fundraiser that happens every year, and it's just really sad to see the the morale and and even on a different level the the recruiting recruiting numbers happening with IMPD right now. I know they're low, both morale and recruiting numbers. So that being said, there's this article in in the um, in Indie Star about how police leaders are promising to bring in outside consultants to help find out what is driving the department's skyrocketing use of deadly force, Jerry. There's so much fun consultants. How about the skyrocketing crime and guns used by criminals? You know, that is exactly what it is. It's that simple. You could pay me $300,000. I'll do it for free right now. Yeah. The uh, Chief Taylor even said that in this article. Quote, the unwillingness from people to follow the orders that are given is a big part Listen, of the when problem. You, when when the, the city has basically become a playground for criminals, when, when we stood down, when the riots were happening, when people are scared to get involved for fear of being shot themselves, when police are scared to kind of apprehend suspects because of the media backlash, this all is what happens. When the police don't feel supported by the city, people don't sign up to become police officers. Police officers that are close to retiring decide, I'm just going to go ahead and do it now. And you run into this issue. I don't know why they're surprised. And there's the, also the issue of the radical judges, the inept prosecutors in the, in the rotating uh, door of the criminal justice system. It's got to be incredibly frustrating for IMPD to keep on arresting the same guys over and over for yeah. violent crimes when they know they're just not going get, to get get right back out. Well, um, and so picture being the two people. Picture being the police officer who now knows who this knucklehead is. He's picked up Jerry 50 times and yeah. he knows he'll pick him up again next week. And then imagine being the criminal Jerry who knows it doesn't matter. Like, 
I'll be right back. I'm not worried about a resume. I'm yeah. not worried about a job interview. Yeah, they, and they're smart, too. They know what they can and yeah. can't get away with, and they can get away with an awful lot. I'm hoping, uh, you know, the big story yesterday was that shooting at that party up on 65th near Benford over the weekend. a bunch of licensed, licensed gun owners. Uh, is that what it was? I, <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a bunch of teenagers. Five of the victims were uh, teenagers, and and nobody's going to talk. Nobody's saying anything. The police officers are asking, look, like we need help to solve this crime. And yet nobody wants to say anything. Maybe somebody does, but they know that person, once they get arrested, uh, will just be right back out on the street and seek some sort of, of retribution. Do you remember that snitches get stitches movement? That was like sure. back in Baltimore. Carmelo Anthony was wrapped up in some video and like, yeah, the community has to be involved in the process, right? Well, the community has to be involved, but they're too scared to be involved because you live in an at-risk, high-crime part of town. Uh, this this stuff is normal for you, yeah. and I hate that. Yeah, so. I hate saying that. But but back to this this article, it's like in like one of the Indy Star sports writers shared this article, and he said, "Breaking Indy has seen a skyrocketing use of deadly force from police." And that's all you see. And if you're scrolling through that and you don't pay attention to the news, you must be thinking to yourself, wow, IMPD must be Cops out of everybody. control. Yeah. But, the, but there's no context whatsoever. For president uh, of the FOP, Rick Snyder, said officers are serving in a city where on average a person is shot, stabbed every seven hours. A person is killed every 39 hours. Compliance with lawful directions is the key compliance i don't care what you're getting pulled over for if you think you've been wrong if you think the cop is treating you like a jerk or disrespectful man i'm telling you you the, the chances of you getting shot yeah <laughs> go way 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 down when you just comply my mom used to tell me on the side of the road is not the time to make your argument with yeah, the cop. right even if you are in the right even if yeah. the cop is being your job is to shut your mouth get home we'll figure it out mm-hmm. exactly uh update Delphi trial's been moved for uh, October of next year. Full it was year. set to it was set to start in January in Manjiri. I think this thing sounds more and more like a real mess to me. Richard Allen's uh, is the guy that's accused of of the murders, the Delphi murders. He liked his two attorneys for whatever reason. His two attorneys left. The judge uh, did not like those guys. He's got two new representatives. They filed a bunch of motions. There was leaked images of yep. the murder scene. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, there were leaked images of the murder scene that got sent to a bunch of different people, including people that cover this, the Murder Sheet podcast people. Oh no, I did hear and, about this. Yep. And so, and so, it's just I, I, I'm I'm praying for justice for Libby and Abby, but right now, maybe this is the best thing to wait until October of next year. Yeah, I remember, didn't the judge recently have like a come to Jesus meeting with both parties? Like they had the defense come in, the prosecutor yeah. come in and go, what the heck are you guys doing? Yeah, and the defense was like, you're trying to ambush us, we're leaving, and now they're, I don't know if they're working pro bono. With there was the supposed to be some guy, some ex-employee of the, the, the defense's law firm that, that got leaks, in and leaked some stuff. It's and, just, it's it seems like a circus, and I'm really scared that, that justice is not going to be served here because i mean the, really the smoking gun is maybe that's a bad choice of uh, words but i mean that that unspent shell casing that was found in between the bodies of abby and libby that was traced back to a gun that richard allen owned in his home oh wow 
that that is it. That is a key piece of evidence. Now, the defense is going to get up there and say, no, this is not scientific. They're both going to have their own experts. But I believe that's that's probably where most of this is going to lie. You know, they... You know, what about one of the theories that was put out there was by the defense that was like she they were murdered by some ritualistic sacrifice by some cult. I, I, they're putting all this stuff out there, and it's just a mess. And maybe the best thing is to to wait till everybody, especially the prosecution, has their ducks in a row, right? Before they move on with this trial, I, I would hate I'm, for it to get it. Could you imagine a mistrial after all these all these occurrences happened? They the didn't make an arrest of a guy. Yeah, it took him five years to find uh, finally arrest Richard Allen, and now fumbling it. And now it does seem like there's some fumbling going on. But it is Halloween. It is going to be a cold one. Temps in the mid 30s by the time the kids head out to get their candy. Uh, are you ready, Papa? I am not, Papa but my Jerry? kids are young enough. After about five or six houses, we might just go to Walgreens. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I love yeah. the... You're going to have to... Uh, did you tweet out the picture of you and your fiancé going as uh, Cheech and Chong? Oh, no. Oh, no, I did. I did. At Indie Spanglish. Yeah, it's on there. I tried to make it my profile pic, but then it said I would lose my blue check mark. So... <laughs> I don't know. Really? Why? Weird. No, really? Why yeah. did you say yeah, that? Yeah, because it's all about verification or something. I'll retweet it. Yeah, we went to as Cheech and Chong for a party. Retweet that, and I'll I'll put that out. And uh, you mix it up pretty good on Twitter, man. It's I mean, you got like twenty two and a half. What do you got? Twenty two point four thousand followers. That's not bad. Not bad. I do good. Um, but I don't know. Some people might even call your costume politically incorrect. Well, this well, is no, the I'm problem. Just... I'm Spanish, so deal with <laughs> so it. So Cheech and Chong, deal with it. <laughs> Uh, even the Crypt Keeper, the very scary and intense Crypt, keep, crypt Keeper is having to, uh, he's having problems with um, the political correctness in this country. Halloween will soon be upon us, and with it, the dead will rise, and zombies will tear you limb from limb, eating your flesh. <laughs> Uh, a quick disclaimer that the violent nature of the zombies is not approved or condoned by this station. Also, eating of flesh is highly unsubstantiated and not allowed. <laughs> what? Oh, and, and the demons from hell will attack all souls, dragging you to below the pits of hell. Uh, also, there will be no attacking or touching of any human by demons in inappropriate <laughs> ways unless consensual verbal communication is first observed from that said person and or persons. And you shall be tortured by the never-ending painful screams of ghostless... Uh, torturing and or waterboarding is not a legal nor condoned act of this person of evil, nor any other person. Oh, I give up. Forget it. Please have a happy and safe Halloween. Screw you. <laughs> there you go. Even the Crypt Keeper's having problems with uh, political correctness. Hey, my name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez filling in for Hammer. You can find him on X at Indie Spanglish. You ever been pulled over for speeding and you don't have your license or your registration or proof of insurance? Ever that that, happened? that, that has happened? never happened to me. When I, It's never happened to me. And when I do get pulled over, because earlier we were talking about, you know, you know, compliance with the law. I, I want to make sure the officer knows like that I'm not a threat when I get pulled over. And I think I go overboard with it. I immediately turn off the car. No matter how, how cold it is, I roll down the window, uh, put my flashers on, take the keys out of the car, and then put my hands on the oh, you window. You probably scare the cop more. I, I, that's exactly <laughs> what I was getting 
that. I started like the cops, like, boy, what, what is the hell this guy just hiding? Over? <laughs> what is this guy hiding? Or maybe he's thinking, yeah, this guy's been through this one too many yeah. times. So maybe you know, I just, you know, overabundance of caution. I don't want to, I, you know, I don't want to give the cop any pause, but I probably has the opposite effect. But anyway. If anybody's ever been pulled over and you don't have your license registration, let's see if your situation ended up like it did for Britney Spears. Here is the uh, the CHP, California Highway Patrol. They released a body cam footage of Britney being pulled over for speeding near her home in Southern California. You're speeding. Let me get your license, registration, insurance. Um, my license actually is um, with my security at home. And uh-huh. I don't have it with me right now at this moment. I'm so sorry, but it's like 10 minutes away. Um, you were going 60 and it's like a 45. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Please forgive me. Can I get your registration, insurance? <laughs> oh, I don't know. My, all my information is at my house. Okay. I stopped you before out here for speeding. I gave you a break last time. So I'm going to write you a fix-it ticket for the license and then not having proof of insurance. I'm guessing you do have insurance, but you need to have it in the vehicle or accessible. So if you get in a car crash, you can exchange it. Just sign in the red box by signing or not admitting to anything. I'm gonna give you a warning for speeding, by the way. Thank you. Or have your assistant take care of it. Please slow down out here. This is the second time, okay? <laughs> she doesn't have, I mean, how clueless can you be? I mean, you're Britney Spears, first of all. You better have your ducks in a row when you're out to speed. You, you, you know, you've already been in some trouble before. I mean, her face life. is a form of ID, though. My face is my past. Yeah, like is we what, know who uh, she is, but have you seen her dancing on X? Oh, yes, of like, course. Insta? Are you kidding me? She should not be driving. Yeah. <laughs> now, the cop took the time to get on the phone with her assistant to find out the insurance info, but she did get, she wound up getting a fine for like 1100 bucks. That's a lot of money to a regular person. Oh, sure it is. That's, you know. But not to her. That's a trip to Taco Bell for Britney Spears. Yeah. So. That being said, less than a month after getting pulled over for speeding, Brittany pulled over again, this time for driving over the yellow line. Now, that wasn't the only, because <laughs> it wasn't the only yellow on her mind. Listen as she claimed she had to go, quote, TT. Yeah, yeah, pass on the double yellows. You can't do that. I'm so sorry. Do you have your license? I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, security at my house has my passport okay. and my driver's license. Okay. Okay. You haven't gotten your license yet? I stopped you a few weeks ago. And... I'm sorry. Okay. Um, do you know you can't pass on the double yellows? It's about to come out right now. Okay. Um, do you have any, like, photo ID or anything with your name on it? I, I know who you are, but... Um... Okay. Do you know the zip code by any chance? No. Holy God, she doesn't know. I just want you to know that I'm not out here trying to pull you over. I'm out here looking for people speeding and passing over the double yellows, okay? I'm just looking up the zip code. I mean, she is totally. What is TT? (laughs) Play it again, Allison. Play play that that first part again. She said TT. Like. T as in Tom, TT. I'm assuming she had to take a leak, right? Yeah, but that's PP. Yeah, PP. I got a P. I got a urinate. Maybe TT's a whiz. Maybe it's yeah. Maybe it is number two. Yeah. She doesn't. And the thing that struck me, she didn't know her own zip code. It does not surprise me. Does driving with no license. Now, what she didn't do. And at least I didn't hear it on the body cam footage. Is she didn't say, "Do you know who I am?" I hate it when celebrities. I mean, but she's so famous, she doesn't need that. Well, you heard that cop say that. He's like, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I know who you are, but I got to have an ID. 
There was a time, listen to this audio uh, from Reese Witherspoon. I think her husband was getting busted for a DUI. My name is Reese Witherspoon. You are arresting me for obstruction of justice. Mm-hmm. It will be in the national news. I just want to let you know. That's fine. <laughs> Did you hear what she just How said pompous. to that cop? How pompous. Uh, I'm Reese Witherspoon because I guess she got out of the car when they were, you it's know. It's only in the national the... news because she made that stupid statement. <laughs> right, I know. Other than that, nobody would have cared. Oh, my dear Lord. It's so embarrassing. I think when celebrities do that, they should automatically get in handcuffs and go I, to jail. I have seen back in the early 2000s. Um, Radio personalities do that at bars. I'm going to do it today on the way home. Station. Are you? Yeah. Do, do you know I'm, who I am? I'm Indy Spanglish. <laughs> I'm Indy Spanglish. Is that when you fill in for me? Does Hammer just call you Spanglish? Sometimes. Because okay, I mean, Jerry is just Jerry and Spanglish. Those are on different levels. There's, there's I think. been multiple times where I've been introduced to people, and they're like, "When I heard your name, I had no clue <laughs> who they were talking to." Yeah. Okay. And then when they said Spanglish, then I knew who it was. <laughs> well, thank you for filling in. Hammer is uh, recovering from his colonoscopy. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. This thing you sent me today of an older Cuban gentleman schooling some college students that are out promoting communism is i mean grade a just i mean should be a must watch for everybody i just retweeted it at hammer and nigel it's on your page too at indy spanglish you're filling in for hammer i'm nigel um first of all a little bit about your background you and this is i bet this hits home for you because your parents are both cuban yeah so uh my mom and my father are both from cuba my mom is from matanza cuba my dad's from havana cuba my mom's uh father who she didn't really have a relationship with was secret service for the president before castro batista so they had to leave the country that's heavy yeah my parents came over on the mario boat lift in 1980 and then got sponsored by a Catholic church out of the south side of Indianapolis. They came over in 80. I was born in 81. So I am so I am one year removed from being born in Cuba. What's what did you call it? The boat? The what? Mario boat lift. What's that? Yeah, that was just the name of the of the boat lift there. I think Jimmy Carter did some kind of deal with Castro to bring over 500, 600,000 Cuban immigrants. They all went to Miami. It's the beginning of Scarface. That's a factual thing that happened. Okay. Uh, and all the churches from around the country went to Miami and said, oh, we got to disperse of all these people. So they just started to send them different parts of the country. We happened to be here in Indiana. And how did, so, so what happened then? I mean, did, how did your dad and your mom yeah, so we, find we, jobs? Yeah, so we basically and- just grew up uh, as part of the church. So, I mean, my mom didn't speak English. Nobody spoke English. Like, we we learned how to uh, do vocabulary words together, right? Like, she couldn't pronounce my words. People in the in the neighborhood had to teach me how to say my words. But they were, but your family li- was living under the thumb, yeah, yeah. the boot of Yeah, of my mom's Castro. one of 12. She's the only one that came here. Wow. What do you think of, and we'll get to this audio in a second, but I'm, I'm honest, I mean, have they tried to turn Cuba into some sort of uh, tourist Spot. I mean, it's hard, right? I, I think that would have been the case, but now they have Puerto Rico, right? They don't need Cuba anymore. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like Cuba used to be the yeah. place, right? Back with the Copacabana and all those days back before Castro. That was the spot. But you are, but American citizens are allowed to go to Cuba again. Uh, I don't, I was always allowed to go. So, but because I was in the service, I wasn't allowed to go. Right, so because my mom had uh, immediate family there, she could go every couple years. Okay. So that rule never affected us. 
Okay, so fast forward to today's college campuses. Yeah, they're all idiots. I mean, the the pro Hamas Mm -hmm. demonstrations happening across the country, and it's funny because cancel culture is kind of flipped on its head here because a lot of these. I mean, have you seen some of these professors yeah. and some of these college kids? Their names are on lists and pictures. Yeah. And businesses are saying we're not going to hire you. Businesses are saying we're not going to hire you. Wait a minute, you can't catch cancel culture. Well, we'll just play it by your rules. Yeah. And honestly, some big money mega donors have pulled funding from some of these Ivy League schools that are regurgitating this, and rightfully so this rhetoric. Rightfully so. So, so these students, I don't know where this is at. This is this, I, yeah, I don't know either. Um, but it's on it's on some sort of campus of a university and these students are sitting at a table with a banner that says are you a communist then get organized and underneath that it says socialist appeal so here's the interaction when this old school cuban guy comes up to these idiots one of them is from china mm-hmm. keep that in mind one of these idiots is from china and starts to debate them if you're from China, why you live here? Because China sucks, for me at least. China sucks. China sucks. He asks her, so wait, you're from China, why are you putting this here? She goes, because China sucks. China sucks. Yes. So why are you promoting that? Because China isn't communist. I don't know. China is not communist? No. I think China is. Well, that's what they say. No, it's not what they say. It's the reality. <laughs> so... He's like, he's the, the, the chick from China is like, yeah, well, I, I'm here because China sucks. Yeah. Why does China suck, idiot? Well, because they're, because, but she tried to convince him that China's yeah. not communist. Yeah. I, I don't get that. I mean, just complete lunacy. So then. They, they get upset. They start packing they, their, you know, yeah. we're not going to be harassed. They start packing their <laughs> stuff because he's just asking questions. Yeah. He's, he's asking He doesn't questions. even cuss one time so, during this whole thing. Well, actually, he does. Well, at the very I, I had end. To, I, had to, I had to bleep it, but go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just having a debate. I don't know. Communist, communist people, this is what communist people do. They run away. They run away when someone has to debate with them. I'm just talking to you. I'm not doing anything bad. No, I know, but we have to debate. I'm from, listen, I'm from a communist country. I know what communist is. None of you live in a communist regime. She lived in a communist regime and she fled. She left. Why you don't live there? You promoting this rubbish? You promoting this rubbish for what? You know how many people died through communists? I mean, do you know how many people? What is your mind? What is your mind? What capital? Oh wow, yeah. But you live here in capitalism. (laughs) Such. Again, it's a little hard to understand. But take us through. I mean, he he was basically saying, "Look, yeah, I'm." I lived under a communist yeah. regime. So he right? walks up to this table, and one is obviously <laughs> a, a Asian person, and yeah. one said they're from Portugal. And he said, where are you from? She said, I'm from China. And he said, why aren't you in China? And she says, because China sucks. sucks. And he basically said, then why are you sitting here promoting <laughs> the same rubbish from China here <laughs> yeah. if China sucks? And then uh, finally here to wrap it up, I didn't play that. I mean, it goes on for three minutes, but this is this Cuban gentleman telling these people promoting communism, these college students that he tells him why this is offensive. He offended me, you know why? Because my dad was in jail 15 years for communists, just because he couldn't say what he think. Now I'm telling you, as a normal person, what I think about communists, and you're offended. Because communists are like this, you can't express what you really feel. 
If you live in a communist country, you will understand what that is. But because you don't live there, this is what you do. You promote something that is very damaged to millions of people for years. It's and you support you that because it's cool. It's not cool, man. You don't understand. It's not, it's not, it's not funny. You know how many people? You, it's not funny. You think it's funny. It offends me when I see people doing that. But I can't say anything because this is a free country. This is a free country. In Cuba, in my country, in my country, you can't do that. You can't promote anything out of communists. Only here you can do that. Go to communist country and do it there. <laughs> Why are you doing it here? Confusing people's mind, young people's mind. Confusing young people's mind. Oh my God. Tell me one country, tell me one country that communists work. Don't even know where you are, man. <laughs> Incredible it's audio. True. It's true. These people, I mean, it's the same kind of people that are on college campuses right now, like the, you know, the gays yeah. for Gaza. Uh, you know, supporting the Palestinian movement over there. If a gay person, if they had this thrown off pri- buildings, uh, yeah, uh, of course. So, so uh, I was I was at a bar in Carmel playing darts, and I had a conversation with some random kid. Somehow we got into politics, and it turns out he oh was boy. a Marxist. <laughs> and I and my friends look at me and they're like, "Oh, you met the wrong dude today." Like Jerry's gonna, he's gonna go. And I asked, "Are your parents still married?" He's like, "Yeah." I said, "Did you go to Carmel schools?" He's like, "Yeah." I said. Uh, your parents probably make over a hundred something. Yeah, you're just a lazy white kid. <laughs> you're not a Marxist. Like you don't know any. Like it's, they probably it, don't even know what Marxism it's is. Sad. They've brainwashed all these kids. And, and the fact that again, you go back to to employers finding these kids at these Ivy League schools and 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 putting them and, and saying, "Yeah, we're not hiring these no. people." But cancel culture, they're, they're finding out what the meaning of cancel culture, the real meaning is yeah. right now. Uh, how do we? How do you feel about um, Halloween displays? I think they're awesome. I think they're awesome. Do you do it at your uh, residence? Uh, at the do Lopez not. residence? I do not. Okay. Yeah. We have a couple couple of skeletons and stuff, a lot of... Um, lot of uh, Pumpkins and uh, you know, some fall-like wreaths, right. things like that. <laughs> a Halloween display of skeletons in sex poses nice. near an elementary school in the state of Washington has some parents and school officials upset, Jerry. The, um, here's the, the homeowner who put up the display has kind of ignored the request to take it down, saying it's not that big a deal. Here are some people from the neighborhood talking about it. There's a time and a place for these kind of things, and it's that's an adult thing right there. So for children, no, I I just don't accept that. With what the kids have on their cell phones access to nowadays, that's PG. They get anything and everything, even if they have the parental locks on the phones. It's just they find their ways around everything. We had a story similar to this. Like, I mean, so it's a bunch of like a skeleton with another skeleton bent over its knee, spanking right. it. There might be some different sexual positions involved with these displays. But we're not worried about, like, the crack needles outside on the school playground. (laughs) Right. But, I mean, the fact that it's so close to an elementary school might be a bit of a problem. We had a story last week about how they turned, this guy turned his stop sign on the corner of his house where he lives into a stripper pole. And had a skeleton upside down that stripping with uh, with long hair, and then like set three or four lawn chairs with other skeletons with That's money great. taped to their hands, 
I support that. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's very yeah, creative. Yeah. Outside of a school, maybe a little different, but I think, yeah, I think that's fun. It's a Hammer and Nigel show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show. I'm Nigel. Uh, Jerry Lopez is uh, filling in for Hammer. This Bud Light thing is still going on. It's kind of amazing. Um, and I don't know even if it's so much of an organized boycott as it is. It's just like people said. It's not that you good. Know? <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah. Now, all my buddies still drink it. I got I got buddies that never even stopped. When all the, the, the Dylan Mulvaney, that, that, that man that cosplays yeah. as, a, as a little girl, was was part of their marketing campaign but the sales are still sinking in the united states overall sales to retailers have declined nearly 17 percent that's a lot now listen to this bud light volumes are down 30 percent year over year for the weeks ending on october 7th 30 percent jerry and of course it's the backlash the company hooked up with that again the transgender influencer and it was a dumb thing to begin with. And I still say, I'm under the impression that it wasn't so much Dylan Mulvaney, although it is a weird, that, that guy's a weirdo, but it was the the, the lady, hind side, the marketing um, right. woman who put this all in, into motion, who came up with this idea and then went on a podcast and said, uh, basically slammed Bud Light's core audience yep. and said, uh, we, 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 we want to get away from frat boys. Frat boy culture yeah. if we want to succeed. And when, by the way, it's funny, there's, I don't know what kind of frat boy culture she's talking about, but she definitely participated in that culture 100%. in college because photos leaked out with her. So they, of course, Anheuser Bush jettisoned her. She's gone. And and now they're trying to claw their way back with this deal with the UFC and Dana White signing a nine-figure sponsorship deal, giving them nine, giving giving the UFC nine figures. Um, and I've seen I've seen some very patriotic commercials uh, involving the military and veterans and uh, donating and stuff like that, which is great. Um, I, I think it's I think they're trying to ca- crawl out of a hole. I mean, it, I, mean I think it's, it's right on brand though. You're 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 donating to a to a sport that has two sweaty men rolling around together, like <laughs> right on brand brand for Bud Light. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, per- it's a partnership in heaven. It like it's a partnership that. in heaven. It's perfect. It Bud Light, by the way, um, it was Modelo, it, it, the top selling American beer title. Bud Light lost that title, and it went to Modelo, the Mexican lager, which I could drink about yeah, those are good. five of those at a Mexican restaurant, 32 yeah. ounces with extra lime, chips and salsa. Yeah. I'm I hungry. mean, are you kidding me, man? I mean, Modelo, I, yeah, that's one of my favorite Mexican beers out there. Like maybe a little Dos Equis Amber. There you go. If I'm getting a little pretentious beer there, a little pretentious beer there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want, I want you to listen to this uh this is a clip here, Jerry. Uh, if you need some more fright to complete your Halloween prep before you go out for the night, I, I want everybody listening to Google Aztec Death Whistle. <laughs> that used to be the, my, my nickname for my, uh, <laughs> never mind. The uh, Nigel gave her the old Aztec <laughs> Death Whistle. Uh, get, get ready to scare the wits out of everyone. Here is an, here's what an Aztec Death Whistle sounds like. That's horrible. 
that is what's known as an Aztec death whistle. And scientists have, have pretty much said, like, they did science on this. They did projects that said that is the scariest sound on the face of this earth. It's some sort of macabre kazoo. And, I mean, it's not a human scream. It's, it's, and they make, so if you, you can order these things. It's a replica of a skull-shaped artifact that was found by archaeologists in Mexico in the 90s. And scientists say that the sound the death whistle makes innately strikes fear into your heart. So, so you're telling me in 1999, somebody found this skull-shaped artifact. Yes. And they said, let's blow on it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Hey, dude. Hey, let's blow on this thing. And then it made that noise. But li- I mean, but listen to listen to how awful oh, it's this horrifying. is. This is- <laughs> but I put that right up there with the guy that found yeah. out that you could drink milk from a cow. Like, how did you? How did you, you know what there? it sounds like is the the woman after Trump got elected with the glasses. Oh yeah, the the, the she the, was on her knees. It's the meme if you look up triggered. Yeah, if you look up triggered on your gifts, yeah. it's that lady with the beanie That's, on. I'd imagine her that sound emitting out of her body once she found out that Donald Trump was officially elected president back in 2016. In fact, more than half of Americans say they believe screaming positively affects their health. And uh, young adults say the louder they scream, the better they feel. Do you just want to scream? I, mean, I don't sometimes? feel guilty about screaming at my kids now. <laughs> This is for me! (laughs) All right. More coming up. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. (laughs) Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez, a.k.a. Indy Spanglish on X, is filling in for Hammer, who is recovering from his colonoscopy. Should be back tomorrow. Uh, what are we, a week out from the November 7th Indianapolis mayoral election? Do you do you have elections in Carmel next week? Uh, yeah, what? we have uh, Sue Finkham against that bum mile. Yeah, so, so I guess we know who you're voting for. Yeah. In Zionsville, I'm we vo- have... I'm voting for the person that doesn't look like the Joker, you know? <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to look at a picture here. What? Spot on. Well, I'm going to, uh, we, we only have one choice in uh, in Zionsville. It's John Stair, former uh, WTHR Channel 13 reporter. Rumor He's has it Zion. there's only one choice in Indianapolis, too. Well. <laughs> there's Hogset and Hogset V2. Yeah, Hogset 2.0. Yeah. I I, I was looking at this. It's amazing to me because because Indianapolis is so heavily Democrat, like 60-40 yeah. um, d- Democrat. But there have only been two Democratic mayors, if I'm looking at this right, in the past 40 years. Uh, and that was Bart Peterson and Joe Hogsett, if I'm looking at this right. Because Ballard was before Hogsett, January 2008 to 2016. Before them, it was Bart Peterson, who's a Democrat, yeah. 2000, 2008. Uh, Goldsmith was uh, a Republican until 2000. Hudnuts, let's see. Mayor wow. Hudnut. He was, wow. He was 76 to 92. That's how long he was. Good Lord. So, I mean, it's not unprecedented that a Republican can come in and, and win. Uh, I mean, in Ryan Mears won the process. Like his sixty forty percent. Yeah, I mean, Cindy Carrasco had a, a great campaign. Yeah, let's be honest though. So Jefferson Sharif is. I, I think what he's doing here. He had an announcement yesterday about he's he's got an idea. He's got a proposal to tackle rising property taxes that could price residents out of their homes. Now I'm not going to get into the weeds of it right sure. now, but I, I'm just the big picture. 
is this a Hail Mary? Um, because because the property tax issue has been has been something that a lot of people have been talking about, and nobody really seems to be doing anything about it. He's got a plan. It's all Hail Marys, though. Oh, yeah. Even if he got, you said, what do you say, 60, 40, 63, 37? Yeah. Even if he got all the R's, you're going to lose, dude. You need all the R's yeah. plus some, some 30% D's. of the D's. And these nuts, um, <laughs> they went out now. now and is that the reason why? That's the two A Sharif. Thing. That's all this weird stuff that we don't like. That's because of that. That's he the whole spooked. gun thing. And Joe Hogsett has these attack ads that say Jefferson Sharif gets an A rating from the two A. Well, yeah, That's great. he's That's a Republican. Great. Yeah, Jefferson Sharif likes a, or doesn't like abortion. What does that have to do with anything? You're right. a mayor, right? Um, and. And so I think he got spooked by the whole two A thing. Well, that's a I, that, that's that's I think that's where all this began with these attack ads because we didn't know he was. I'm not going to say Hammer would call Sharif anti two A. He would. He would. Um, and I get that. I understand yeah. that. But but we didn't know anything about his stance on. But does it matter? Nice, but does it matter? But we didn't know anything about it in the primary, in right. the GOP primary, yeah. where he is up against Abdul. Right. Um, because now people does would have ma- called him ridiculous. Because it doesn't matter. He can't make that law. Uh, neither can Hogshead. Uh, but, but, the, but the people yeah. on the other side are too dumb to know it, so you might as well say the same thing. Like so, so he, so Sharif was trying to grab the independents, some of the, some of the yeah, Democrats, some of the D's that, are, that don't know that it doesn't matter. <laughs> so this is certainly an interesting uh, development. Will it even work? It seems like a hail mary. As but Sydney as you Carrasco. Said, I know it sucks. I it know. sucks. I really like Sydney because too. I really like Carrasco. I and Shreve is better than Hogsett, and Indianapolis deserves better than Ryan Mears, and Indianapolis deserves to be just as happy as the counties that are surrounding Marion County. But it won't because they've got the people here fooled. They vote against their own best interests, and things will never get better because the D's got this place locked down. Boy, the murders uh, just—I mean, constantly with yeah. the two hundred plus murders over the past over Hogsett's tenure. Dude, here. Walk down the street. I challenge you not to step on poop. Oh, dude. I was... Did anybody else... Carl, did you see that guy? What time did you leave here last night? Carl. Carl's the I, guy that... I didn't... No, I just got out of the parking lot, so I was fine. Was, there was a guy in the corner. I should have called somebody. I should have got out the cell phone. It's this, crazy. This homeless guy in the corner of our parking garage as I'm putting my, um, my key card up so the gate will go up. There's this homeless guy in the corner. Just dumping. Not oh. dumping... Um, <laughs> moving his hand vigorously in the corner. Oh, I'm good, man. Um, and there was nobody. There was nobody in the office. Well, why do there we have to be okay garage. with that? Why do we have I'm to not be okay, okay with-, with that? I should have, you know, I should have broken out my phone and be like, "Dude, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> Can you just wait till you get to the shelter? Can I buy your phone?" <laughs> so I just, I don't get it. We've given up on Indianapolis, and it sucks. Uh, it is. Uh, it's certainly an interesting time, and and yeah, I think the uh, prediction is that Joe Hogsett is probably going to be the walkway winner. I'm not going to be upset if Sharif wins. I just don't think that'll happen, and I think they're basically basically one and the same, especially when it comes to the two A stuff. Some crazy, scary stuff in Colorado at an adventure park. Twenty-year-old gunman was found dead at this at this adventure park he was wearing full body armor jerry armed with a quote-unquote assault rifle no such thing handguns 
and multiple IEDs. Those improvised That's the scary part. Improvised imp- explosive device. That's some Iraq stuff. This is a 20-year-old dude. But he was found in the Saturday morning at some park like 160 miles east of Denver. He lived there. The police say the gunman lived nearby with his brother and mom. He said he killed himself rather than carry out his planned attack. I appreciate that. I do, too. I wish more killers like this. Hopefully God takes that into account that he killed himself first. That but if deserves- you're going to kill a bunch of people and then yourself, just start with <laughs> yeah. yourself. That deserves some credit. Judgment Day, yeah, right? I think so. But, but I'm... I haven't read all the details. Maybe he broke in at night and just kind of I don't sat Listen, there. if you want to break in somewhere at night and kill yourself before you commit sure. a mess, thing, I support it. There was a message found near his body saying, quote, I am not a killer. I just want to get into the caves. He's a little weird. Yeah, we don't know what that about. And there were no, unlike Maine... There were no priors with this guy, no indications, either home or school, suggesting that this was planning an attack. And that's what's scary about this kind of thing. Because in Maine, we're finding out now that five, you know, the shooter's family and friends have been warning cops that he was armed and dangerous for five months before the massacre that killed 18 people. And he begged for help. He said he heard voices. He went to the VA. In the law, if you would just follow, there's similar... You know, we have red flag laws here, but there's similar laws there in Maine, similar to what it is here. Uh, on September 15th, a sheriff's deputy went to visit this dude's home, Card's home. We're talking about the guy in Maine now. Uh, it was It's Card. His last name's Card. For a wellness check at the request of uh, his reserve unit, after a soldier said he was afraid, Card was going to snap and commit a mass shooting because he was hearing voices again. So... They did follow up, wellness check, deputy went to his trailer, couldn't find him, nor the next day on the return visit, uh, the deputy reached out to Card's brother. The brother said that he had put Card's firearms in a gun safe in the family farm and would work with their dad to move the gun somewhere else to make sure that he couldn't get the firearms. Sad. And apparently, obviously now, he got the firearms. The system failed this guy. The system failed this guy, and it failed themselves. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they, I mean, they went to check on the guy. There's a difference between red flag laws, which I think are more like passive checks, or like I need help. That's not a red flag law. Right, right. You're you're exactly right. The system and possibly the military yeah, failed. That's this not guy. red flag. Red flag is you did this. We're gonna check on you. He needed help and he asked for it. He's still an idiot that deserves to burn in hell for the rest of his life. Ever and Nigel presents is It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Alright, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. Alright, Jerry Lopez filling in for Hammer. My name is Nigel. I'm gonna hit you with some stories. You're gonna tell me if they are anything or not. Let's go. A Pennsylvania man robbed a bank with his 90-year-old mother in the car. Fled from the police. Here's the police chief talking about uh, this guy being caught and taken into custody along with his mother. Officers took him under arrest, but he had his 90-year-old mother with him in the car. We brought her in also. She was she was released later that afternoon. We had to send her home by Uber because there was nobody who could pick her up. I had never seen anybody hold up or steal with her 90-year-old mother in a car. So, you know, I wouldn't take my mother on a crime spree, I can tell you that. That is awful. He was caught and charged. His mom was released. Is this anything? Uh, world's worst son, world's slowest getaway driver. <laughs> 
don't think she was. I don't think she was driving. <laughs> That's why they got caught, Nige. That's why they got I, caught. I think if the 90-year-old grandmother was driving, then they probably would have had to have arrested her, too. But she was... <laughs> Not if she didn't know it. Boom. A uh, man lost his diamond wedding ring in the sea, was reunited with it by a metal detectorist. You ever heard of a metal detectorist? Never. I see these guys in Florida all the time. Yeah. It was just... I saw a bunch uh, over the over the <laughs> October fall break. Um, this metal detectorist who searched for it for over a month, this dude and his fiance traveled from Canada to Florida to thank the detectorist and then invited him to their wedding. Here is the moment that Joseph Cook found Stephanie Sigwin's ring and the moment he was able to return it to them. No, this could be what I'm looking for. Come on, please be it. I did it! A whole month looking for that bad boy. I found your ring, sir. You're going to get it back, sir. There they are. 1,600 miles, guys, to come pick up the ring. That's crazy. Well, I need it. I need it to... to um... Oh yeah, 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 man! I love, I love, dude. You have no clue. I love doing it. So. I'm do you do you see these guys in Florida yeah, at all? Yeah. When you go to Florida, yeah. these metal detectorists yeah, just walking around. Yeah, I didn't know they had names. Well, there's. I think they have businesses. So what you do is you'll pay a guy. Say, look, I lost my wedding ring in this general area. I don't know where it is, and I'm sure there's an upfront fee, like a retainer, no matter what. And then I'm not positive that's how this works, but if they find what they're looking for, like it's a ten thousand dollar wedding ring, then they also get a commission, so to speak, on top of what they paid, whether they find it or not. Yeah. I see these guys all the time and not they don't and they're not just looking in the sand. They're in the water too with cool. uh, scuba gear and stuff like that. And I, I I mean I think it's a legitimate business because I don't I've think seen- there's many Latino detectorists. No no why not? Definitely seems like a you you people kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a yeah, white people yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. You got a corner on that market. Okay. Yeah. But that's pretty cool. That's yeah. super cool. Honestly, that's really cool. For a month, this guy actually found it. That's pretty awesome. Good for them. Uh, people have been known to pass out on what is called the slingshot ride. I've ridden this thing or shot off on this thing before. It's it's like basically you're strapped to this big yeah. chair and, and pull it back with a bungee cord like yeah. thing and it's you go up fair. and down and up and down and yeah. it's just like the gravity, the G-force yeah. is pretty heavy. But this woman did it 12 times. Mm-hmm. Passed out 12 times. On, on one, one ride? On one ride. Oh. That's going to be a record, right? Yuck. Um... We <laughs> here's what it sounded like on this slingshot ride. She gets quiet. Yeah, and then she wakes up and screams. about you like i've stopped riding these rides oh yeah at a certain point um i go to i went to king's island probably 10 years ago with my brother and my sister we always used to to go when i was kids and i was all gung-ho back then when i was a kid right vortex now you've seen the news too many times yeah king cobra now i rode some of those same rides and i was terrified my son passed out on the beast no the vortex 
Really? Yeah, we were going up. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Then we rode, and then when it stopped, I looked over, and he was, like, asleep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, true story. <laughs> I mean, did he wake up? Like, oh, in the he woke of up. The, uh, yeah, yeah, he woke up. Loop. He was fine, but I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, One more thing I wanted to get to here. We have some time. Uh, you mentioned your Cuban heritage. Uh, your parents came here from Cuba in the 80s, uh, got to Miami, sort yep. of the whole Scarface thing. Yep, yep. And then sponsored by a church out here, brought us out here. Brought brought you out here to Indianapolis. You're like like first generation, hundred um, percent, yeah, Cuban American, yeah. And I'm wondering what your your perspective is in terms of the, the the crisis at the border happening right now. Is do you have 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 somewhat of a different perspective of these families that are trying to get across? I mean, I here? understand the plight, right? Like I understand wanting a better life for your family. I do too. Everything else, but you have to do it the right way because you put yourself in so much danger when you do it the way people are doing it now, right? For example, like I told you, a family gets snuck over. And these people, the cartel owns them now, right? Because they're not on paper. Because they're not, not on paper. They're not yeah. in the asylum so process. Now I can traffic your daughter. I can force you to sell drugs. I can force you to do all this stuff. I can kidnap your family because I've made you terrified to go to the police. You can't go to the police. No, because they're going to deport gonna you. send you back. Yeah. And they're going to lose all that money that you yeah. gave the cartels. Yeah. So those people get, get crapped on the most because the cartel knows that they can't go to the police. But in terms of having an open, porous border, there's no such thing as a country that has no border. That's that the, a country with no border no is not a country for long. No borders, no country. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And America doesn't suck, or else why would they be coming over here? Like, think about that. Yeah, we're such an oppressive country. Yeah. That people are risking life yeah. and limb to float over here on cardboard boxes. Right. Life is so bad here that I will risk it on a cardboard box. But so, how did your family, if if Castro's this this communist dictator how did you your parents escape then uh, they 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 got to leave on it might have even been like naval ships that it was a deal with jimmy carter and uh and castro to let over let's call it five hundred thousand for an easy number but what castro did was he he emptied his insane asylums he emptied his jails he emptied all this stuff so he sent you five hundred thousand people but three hundred thousand were people he did not want in his country and now and we that's, don't. That's and, Scarface. And, and now, yeah. And now we don't know who's in this country. Yeah. yeah. That's a big, yeah. big problem, especially yeah. considering that there are hundreds of people that have been yeah. apprehended that are on the terrorist And we're talking watch about 300,000. We're talking about we probably hit that number very easily within a couple of days. Oh, I mean, 7 million at least since Joe Biden yeah. has been president. And they're all and, like and, military and, age males. And, milita and military age males. And we don't know who the, the, there's something called gotaways yep. that they they aren't going through the system they aren't on, no. they aren't on paper they aren't no. filling out the uh, the 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 app. No, oh, and if they get deported, they just come right back. And, and that's a thing. They get deported, they come right back. Yeah. And with what happened with Hamas and that terrible that bloody massacre yep. in Israel, I mean, we just heard at the, at the top of the hour the news saying, yeah, we need to stay vigilant here in the United States. You never know. You, you might you might see something like that happen. But uh, every time I hear that. Jerry, I think it's been happening mm -hmm. in this country for a long time, starting with 9-11, before 9-11, uh, San Bernardino, yep. the Pulse nightclub shootings, yep. uh, Fort Hood. Yep. These kinds of things that they're warning us about now have already been going on. And they want to take away your right to defend yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because these other people can't. Because these other non-licensed, should not have guns, reoffending yeah. felons can't stop shooting each other 
law-abiding citizens should. It, it's kind of like saying this. When are men going to cut off their body parts to stop rape? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Think about that. Let There's me, so many rapes that, that we down. should all just cut it off. Let me let me write that down. <laughs> I'm going to have to process that. Yeah, think about that. That's the same thing they're asking law-abiding citizens to do. It makes no sense. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Filling in for Jason Hammer is one Mr. Jerry Lopez. Now, Jerry, I'll let you introduce our next guest, seeing as how you're the one that booked him. Pretty good get, man. I'm impressed. Hey, I appreciate it. We have the former attorney general for the state of Indiana, and he is running for governor of our great state in the Republican Party. This is Curtis Hill. Hey, fellas, it's great to be here. Hey, how's it going today, Curtis? It's doing well. Well, it's going very, very well. Now, I do have to say that we're fighting this snowstorm. It's not a snowstorm, but it's the first snow of the year, uh, which is always kind of a downer. But other than that, we're doing great. Where are you right now? Are you campaigning? I'm, uh, I'm campaigning. I'm, in, uh, I'm actually in St. Joe County. So I'm uh, relatively close to home. Tell me how the campaign is going. First of all, there should be no snow should be. That's your first duty as governor if you're elected is to outlaw snow on Halloween because it's happened before and it sucks. Well, done, especially when I still have leaves to pick up. Uh, (laughs) Um, Tell me about the campaign. I mean, look, we're a year away and um, you're already on the trail. Tell me how it's going and, and what to expect. Well, we're on the trail, all right. We've got thousands of miles under our belt. We've been traveling all over the state, up and down, tip to stern, and uh, we're getting great reception. Our campaign is a grassroots original. We're meeting with individuals on a, on a regular basis in these small communities, and uh, the reception is great. They're excited about having a uh, genuine conservative uh, on board in the race. Uh, we've had great conversations, so I'm looking forward to uh, uh, continuing the effort and moving on. Hey, so I've seen you all over social media, traveling the state, all over the place. I think one of the things that I really, really like about you is you're up for individual liberty and individual responsibility, unlike uh, our great Governor Holcomb, who wanted to do the mask mandates and all these other the, all these other infringements. You know, I think that's something that sets you aside or sets you apart from some of the other candidates. What are some other things that we can expect from you uh, to deliver more back of our individual liberties? Well, I think that's exactly what sets me apart. Uh, You've got to look at a person who's running for office and say, well, how do we know what they're going to do moving forward? And the best way to know about how they're going to respond moving forward is what they've done in the past. And so we've got a wide field of candidates in the office, good people all, but we've got some folks that have never served in an elective capacity. So it's very difficult to be able to say what that person has done. To your point, uh, we are all about individual freedom. Uh, we're de- about defending liberty, and the way that we do that is we talk about the record. We talk about my record as a prosecutor, uh, holding people accountable for their offenses. We talk about my record as, a, as attorney general, defending freedom and standing up against uh, sometimes our own governor, standing up against the party, um, and, uh, and and not always standing up against, but also being for uh, the avenues of freedom that we go forward on. So we've been talking to that to to many people about that, and it's been very successful thus far. You know, I don't know who I'm voting for yet. Um, and I usually don't tell my audience who I'm voting for. I want to like endorse anybody. I kind of tell you who I'm not voting for is anybody associated with the Holcomb office or anybody that he endorses. And you mentioned um, when you were an AG in 2020, you had to do some battling with Eric Holcomb. Could you just take me back to 2020? Eric Holcomb wanted to put you in jail, not you, but his constituents in jail for not wearing a mask. And you stepped in and said, uh-uh. can you just kind of take me back through the mechanics of all that happened back then? 
Well, yeah, well, you know, about four months after the, uh, the the pandemic hit home hard with the, the, the local shutdowns, um, uh, Governor Holcomb had a press release in which he uh, uh, indicated that he was going to mandate the wearing of masks to Hoosiers. And, um, and, and for violation of that, it was going to be a Class B misdemeanor if you broke the law. Now, uh, we got a hold of that information that same afternoon, and I had a conversation with a couple of state senators who asked the question, is that constitutional? And that very evening, we issued an opinion, an official AG's opinion, that declared that it was not constitutional, that it was not within the the, uh, order framework of the governor's emergency powers to unilaterally issue uh, that type of mandate, and that if he wanted to do so, he should call a special session of the General Assembly and let them do their job and to uh, to legislate. So uh, we put a stop to that. And that next day, uh, that stopped the talk of a mandate and a criminal violation. So um, yeah. that was a, a clear example of, of what we were willing to do uh, in the heat of the moment. And we had other issues of a, of a similar nature uh, involving uh, uh, churches, involving guns, yep. um, it was a nightmare situation um, that uh, fortunately is over with, but Hoosiers really have to learn a lesson that it's imperative that we have leadership uh, that understands the distinctions between uh, freedom and tyranny. So, Curtis, we're, we're here. We're in the largest city in the state uh, that has its own its own problems, whether it's fentanyl, whether it's crime, whether it's underemployment, whether it's police, whether it's a number of things that Indianapolis has that are different than the rest of the state. How would you go about tackling some of those some of those issues to help here uh, to help voters, whether they're whether they're Democrats or, or Republicans? Because ultimately, uh, if you win, you're going to be the governor for everybody in this state. Uh, so, so what will you what will you do to to, to kind of help Indianapolis or to kind of get it right, on the right track? Well, we have to take we, we have to take charge. You know, certainly Indianapolis has its own structure. It's a municipality. It has a, its own leadership. But I'll give you an example. Uh, when we had the, the George Floyd incident a few years ago, and uh, uh, jurisdictions were, were uh, under protest and and, and the whatnot, uh, we had folks, including your mayor of Indianapolis and the governor of the state of Indiana, standing by watching Indianapolis burn mm-hmm. because they used uh, peaceful constitutional protest with lawlessness. And uh, that's, a, that's an indication of, of, of when we have to step in and take action. Uh, Indianapolis uh, was a fantastic town just a few years ago, and we've seen it deteriorate uh, tremendously, and that's impacting our economy. It's impacting uh, the, the, uh, the, the convention traffic. And we need to step in and deal with the situation of homelessness. We need to deal with the crime situation. Um, we need to be forceful and accountable, holding criminals accountable for their behavior. We need to put pressure on those who are uh, responsible for keeping uh, uh, for keeping us safe, um, uh, our police do a fantastic job, uh, but there's some questions in terms of, of the direction that the prosecuting attorney's office in Marion County is going. Yep. And we need to have some serious conversations with the voters in terms of making sure that we have the right people in charge of that apparatus. All of those things are a matter of leadership, and those are those are leadership points that I plan to offer. Uh, former Attorney General Curtis Hill uh, running for governor of the great state of Indiana. Um, take us back to the individual freedoms and liberties aspect of your campaign, because I was really I, I mean, I, like I, I was impressed when you released a statement about vaccine mandates. There was it felt like like a few weeks there in the summer where covid was coming back. People were talking about this new vaccine, the new boosters, whether or not college campuses could mandate such vaccines. We had a couple of, um, um, you know, 
sporadic hospitals throughout the country that that were mandating and you issued a statement talking about such mandates uh early on in your campaign what did what did that say well you know what happens is when 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 loss of freedom gets a hold of someone uh it it has a tendency to grow and so when we when we saw a society in the state of indiana that was susceptible uh to mandates and forcing people to do things uh People get a taste for that, and uh, uh, we have to get to a point where we recognize that uh, you can't fix everything with a mandate. You can't make people do things. The vaccine uh, should be a choice and an option that people uh, have. I, I'm, I'm not telling people not to get a vaccine. What I'm saying is that government is not going to require you to get a vaccine, particularly a vaccine that has as low of efficacy, efficacy yeah. as as proven to be. Um, the idea that that there are some states out there that are requiring children um, to get vaccinations uh, as, as a mandatory policy is ridiculous, and we don't want to see that in Indiana. Uh, the reality is that we've not seen any healthy children, children without comorbidities, um, uh, that have died as a result of the pandemic. So you're actually providing them with a vaccine that has a higher risk to those children than actually getting the disease. These are facts that are occurring, and we need to be cognizant of our facts and not uh, not have a society, a local community that is responding in panic. And that's what's happening. The left is driving this panic and forcing everyone indoors and with masks and vaccinations. And it's a false sense of security. Uh, we need to be uh, uh, proudly free to choose if we wear a mask, choose if we want to be vaccinated, choose uh, the things in our lives uh, uh, that, that make a difference for us and not be mandated by the government. That's what we stand for. You know, I think it's very important to, to your point. It's very, very rare that the government takes rights away and then decides to yeah. give them back. Right. That that just doesn't happen. Um, so I think it's very important, whether it's people like you, people in the community, you know, but but it really takes a, a voice as, as big as yours to kind of, you know, be in the front and say, you know, whether you agree with it or whether you don't, we do have rights in this country and rights are for everybody, even if you don't agree with the mask mandate, even if you do. If you agree with vaccines or you don't, you have a right to make those decisions in your life. So I'm very thankful to have somebody like you up front uh, and, be, and be that voice kind of for everybody else um, because it's a very uh, uncomfortable situation for a lot of people to even speak about. Well, it's, and it's important to speak about this. There's all sorts of issues. I mean, we're seeing in this country now, we're seeing the weaponization of justice. We're seeing the weaponization of race. We have the sexualization of our children. And people are standing on the, on the sidelines with their mouths closed because they're worried about being canceled or they're worried about being yep, criticized. Exactly. They're worried about being accused of being a bigot or a racist. And we have to put a stop to that. We have to stand up and speak loudly and boldly in support of freedom and making sure that we preserve our justice system, that it's not a two-tiered system, uh, the thems against the us's. And we have to make sure that the race issue uh, doesn't get uh, exploited by the left uh, for for. Uh, for their own purposes, and, and make sure that if we see something crazy uh, from, a, from a race standpoint or a sexualization standpoint, we say something about it and put a stop to it so that we can preserve our interests. Curtis Hill running for uh, governor of Indiana in 2024. Where can people find out more about your campaign? They can find us at CurtisHill.com. Uh, that's, a, that's an easy one. And then that will uh, load us up to Twitter and all those nine yards. But we, we try to put uh, information on what, what we're doing on a regular basis. So CurtisHill.com, and we'll be happy to sign up grassroots supports. We are a grassroots operation. We don't have that big million-dollar uh, mm-hmm. uh existence like some of the folks in our race. So we're going after folks uh, 10 bucks at a time, 25 bucks at a time, and we're grateful for every ounce that we get. Curtis, thank you so much. Best of luck.
Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Happy Halloween, everybody. My name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez is filling in for Jason Hammer. Uh, are you? Do you have kids? Do you? I do. Do you? I and do. are they of age? Of Halloween age? Are we they? are trick or treating this evening. Right we on. Are. And what are they for? Uh, uh, so we have a Princess Belle and a Princess Jasmine that'll be out. Okay. Learning how to take more than one. Are those? Are those Disney? Are, are, how old are they? Uh, five and three. Oh, get your hands full. Yeah. 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 yeah I got eleven. But, but we're old. in and out, right? They're not. They don't care. Right. Right. So they will be called with an. Now, out. who are they? Uh, Princess Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Okay. And Princess Jasmine from. Aladdin. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Um. Well, because I and the reason I ask because there's some. Costumes that you can't wear anymore. Some some Halloween costumes that are inappropriate, that have been that deemed politically incorrect, and um, I, the list could go on for miles sure. and miles. And like like you can't go dressed up as an American Indian anymore. Like I, you I know, mean, with, I the, guess. with the heather, with the with, with the feather and the moccasins and things like that, right? Yes, I, I mean, know? where but where does that cultural appropriation line start, and where does like uh, just liking what it looks like start? Of course, of course. But I would say it's just it's complicated, and honestly, there's e- and with all these political attack ads now, and all these you know people getting canceled. You've heard all these attack ads we've been running on this radio yeah. station. There's now. Have you heard the attack ad we've been running for Halloween? Here, here it goes. October 31st, vote no on Halloween. Halloween supports dangerous roving gangs of children going door to door to get their fix. When it comes to health care, Halloween doesn't care. Under Halloween, tooth decay rates have doubled and instances of child obesity have skyrocketed. <laughs> Halloween is deceptive. Sure, it may look like a sexy firefighter, but don't count on Halloween if your house is burning down. And Halloween is not a legal holiday. If Halloween had its choice, it would allow for more illegal holidays to invade and take over your calendar. Don't be tricked. Halloween is no treat. This October 31st, vote no on Halloween. Paid for by Thanksgiving. By Thanksgiving! And I approve this message! (laughs) That is great. That's a ban. Things have gotten in this country when you can't even. It sounds like a real attack ad. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and it's gonna be cold. I mean, you know, mid thirties tonight. Yeah. Sucks. But at least it's not raining, right? Let's. Yesterday was miserable. No rain. Yeah. Yesterday was miserable. A few years ago, Jerry, it was. I don't know if you remember this, but it was snow. It was sleet. There was hardly anybody out. Right. My kids. My kids mustered it up though. They put on a, a winter coat and over their costumes and. Got right in on it, but uh, yeah, no rain um, tonight, but cold temperatures, so keep that in mind, and you're out and about knocking on people's, knocking on strangers' doors. So you're never going to eat food after <laughs> this, I, I saw this, it made me sick, it happens all the time, especially when you're out at picnics and stuff. When a fly lands on your food, right? You're out on a picnic, you see a little fly, you got to shoot away, I just right. landed on your corn casserole. It immediately starts regurgitating digestive fluid on the food to get it soggy enough to slurp. Did you know this? The fluid can contain dangerous bacteria like salmonella and E. coli. That's disgusting. I'm actually <laughs> sitting here just actively thinking of all the times I shooed the fly away to oh. finish my... Oh, yeah. Whatever it might be. Coleslaw. Anything. Anything with, uh, you know, your turkey sandwich. Anything with that's extra not mayonnaise. I don't to get, get stuck in there. It's kind of gross. Oh, that's really so, nasty. so that is, um, as you're perusing through your 
your your Halloween candy tonight. Keep that in mind because we did have a, a story, by the way, of uh, out of Wisconsin that um, parents found a Tootsie Roll with a nail embedded in their kids' Halloween candy. Is this real, Nige? Like you hear this all the time about the razor blades and that. Like, does that happen? Yeah, no, it happened out of Wisconsin. Um, Mayville, Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee. I mean, I, I saw the picture of it. It's like a three-inch wow. nail embedded in their Halloween candy. And what's worse is that these people were handing out Tootsie Rolls. That is worse. I would rather just give me the nail. I could use that. <laughs> All right. Just give me the nail. We'll be right back. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it. My name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez, otherwise known as Indie Spanglish on Twitter X. Filling in for Hammer. Hammer recovering nicely from his colonoscopy. Yeah, I don't know if he wants me to show this to you or not, but I got a picture from him. <laughs> well, you know what? I, know, I doubt he cares because I already put it on TV with my uh, segment I just did on Wish. Where is it? Where did I have here? no clue where this is going. This is oh, there. He is. There's Hammer recovering. Oh, thumbs from his, up. There we go. We he's made got it. Got the tubes hanging out of his. Out of his. Uh, looks a little groggy there. Have you ever had the big uh, colonoscopy? I have not. I have not. Well, I how old are you? 42, so I think okay. it's a couple years. Yeah, they say, man, it used to go back to like, it, it used to go all the way up to 50s. Like, yeah, you, you, if you before 50, don't even worry about it. Now they've now they brought it back down to 45. And I think I've heard like if you're Hispanic a little earlier and like depend on, uh, I don't know. Not really? Looking, not looking forward to it. I'll tell you that much. Um, it's always the. the That's p- not the finger thing, the, though. That's prostate exam. No. That's the one I'm worried about. That's <laughs> well, the one I'm worried about. they have ways to test your blood now so that you don't have to go through the prostate Whew. exam either. Um, so when you get your labs done, you go to your physical. Yeah, there's that. But um, Hammer uh, recovering nicely from the colonoscopy. Don't know if there's any polyps or not. I'm sure he'll give us the gory play-by-play details <laughs> tomorrow when he returns. But thank you for filling in. Boy, it is it must be nice to work for Secretary of State Diego Morales. Speaking about yeah, speaking speaking about giving things away. <laughs> Did you see this yeah. this article in the Indiana Capital Chronicle? He's given nearly every employee in his office this year, including his brother-in-law, which I think that's still shady too, right? I mean, there's some some shenanigans going on there. Having your brother-in-law work for you when you're the Secretary of State, and anyway, he's given a total of three hundred eight thousand dollars. In spot bonuses, including five ten thousand dollar bonuses and two twelve thousand dollar bonuses, are they hiring? Yeah, right. What can you do? You know what a spot? Can you explain what a spot bonus is? So, a spot bonus is given for uh, you know going above and beyond. For example, man, Jason Hammer's being a lazy bum, (laughs) and Jerry's covered the slack. (laughs) Let's give Jerry a spot bonus for what he did. It's it looks like these spot bonuses aren't spot bonuses at all. They're almost uh, salary adjustments on the fly. Right, because, well, that's what the spokesman said. That's something they alluded to. Quote, uh, the office does not have a formal or written bonus salary payment policy. Bonus payments are necessary in that the agency's ability to adjust salaries is not always available and advisable, but there are cases where extraordinary employee performance Merits extraordinary compensation. I mean, you, so, I, I mean, that's some word salad there, but how you explain it seems more reasonable, right? So he has 75 people in his office. 68 of these people go above and beyond? <laughs> and who are yeah. these seven worthless bums that didn't get anything? <laughs> they didn't get anything. Like, that sucks. So just, just to put this in pr- perspective, all right, so the AG's office. 
They have 373 employees. Okay. They give out $48,000. Yeah, Todd Rakeet is a hard ass though, right? Forty-eight. He ain't giving. He ain't giving out. He ain't giving out spot bonuses willy nilly no, like and, Diego Morella. No, only thirty-six employees got got those bonuses too. So thirty-six That's, employees of three seventy-three. That is crazy. The other one, sixty-eight of seventy-five for an average of four point five k. And listen, I'm not a hater. If I got a twelve k <laughs> bonus, I'm not gonna be mad about it. Right. But where'd that money come from? That's taxpayer dollars, right? That we're just giving away. And you know what? There's a great time to give it to people. There may be some families that really this is really sure. help and Christmas and this and that. But but it's just, this is politics. This is yeah. this is shady government stuff that it's skirting around the salary requirements that they have there in the government and spot bonuses. You know, basically everybody in the office except yeah. the seven losers. Seven losers. <laughs> yeah. Well, Three. eleven people got two bonuses. Yeah, <laughs> and then there was like I said, it, there were five ten thousand dollar bonuses and two twelve thousand dollar bonuses. So, so here are the big bonuses: his brother-in-law, the no. auto dealer services co-director, no, his chief legal counsel, and his former campaign manager. So his brother-in-law got one of the big bonuses, yeah. big spot bonuses. Yeah, yeah, twelve point five. It's nice that yeah. Where's the application? <laughs> make it make sense. Well, look, if you think that's bad, well, let's head on over to Jersey. Know this guy, Phil Murphy, the governor over there? Oh, yeah. Old lockdown Phil? He was one of the worst when it came to lockdowns and mandates during COVID over there. He used thousands of dollars in taxpayer funds to party at Taylor Swift concerts and other stadium events. Oh, my gosh. Thousands of dollars. Uh, the Murphy's office said they planned. Here's here was the plan, okay? Here was the plan. The New Jersey Democrats were going to cover the bill, right? All the food and drinks, it's all happening. Hold on, he said, we planned that you guys are going to cover this? <laughs> he said the <laughs> the Democratic Party was going to cover this, but the state paid for it, right, up front. So and, and all these are all food and drinks and tickets at MetLife Stadium for a bunch of different events, including Taylor Swift concerts. So his office said, they, yes, the Democratic Party to pay back the state, but they have yet to do so. And I'm like, I mean, this is misappropriation of funds. I don't. How hard is that to see? It, well, it's very clear. I don't think it's being a Swifties in the Constitution. <laughs> now, but it's funny because New Jersey, Murphy's not the only prominent Democrat there in Jersey facing scrutiny into his finances. How about Bob Menendez? Oh, that's Senator yeah. Menendez. You heard about this guy, Democrat that's bribery Bob? Yeah, right. Bribery Bob. Charged with acting as a foreign agent and accepting hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes to benefit the Egyptian government. So uh, Murphy, not the only one going through some trouble in terms of finances and taxpayer dollars. Well, you know what to say there. about Murphy's Law. <laughs> it shows right. up when it wants. Um, you were the one that alerted me to this today, the Supreme Court sort of uh, wading into the social media free speech hornet's nest. Yeah, this is, this is crazy because uh, social media... Uh, is almost as important as, like, newspapers were back in the day. That's where people get their information. Yeah, yeah. I mean, granted, there's Yahoo's like myself or, or anybody that just can put out whatever, but there's also, you know, uh, <laughs> President Trump or President Biden or or the governor and these people. This is this sometimes is very official channels uh, for people to talk. What, what we're realizing is that public officials are now blocking constituents they don't agree with. <laughs> so, so, like, if you start uh, trolling the governor... 
guess what? You are no longer seeing his emergency post that he's putting up. Yeah, if there's a legitimate uh, official government agent, like, you know, Governor Holcomb has to declare a state of emergency, yeah. which he loves You're declaring. He loves state, de- declaring states of emergencies, by the way. Um, if if you've said negative comments on his Twitter in the past that he hits that block button, you won't see him. Yeah. And so there's what? So the issue is there's a constant, you know, there's a constitutional issue going on here, whether or not you're allowed to do something like that if you're a public official and you use your public official, uh, you use your social media as an official uh, way to get the word out to the public. So, so uh, speaking of Diego, Diego has two accounts. He has one that's just Diego Morales and one for Secretary of State. I know on for him specifically, because I follow both those accounts, his personal account you can't comment on. He has those comments blocked. But the one for his Secretary of State, you're able to comment freely. So I think that's how these things need to go forward, right? You can Holcomb can have two, but your official one, you can't do anything to that. Is, is it there? I mean, you can mute them. Yep, you can. I do mean, a lot there's of there's a mute button to where your habitual trolls don't even show up in your timeline anymore. You don't even know they're yeah. making comments, and you let them still be salty on the sidelines. Sure, yeah. right? I love it. And and then there's just also this thing where Biden. They're also talking about the Supreme Court is hearing this case. These two attorney. General attorneys general in Missouri and Louisiana brought this case saying that the Biden administration and their efforts to curb, quote unquote, misinformation on covid. I mean, they got together with the social media companies, well, before the that, government and the social media companies met up together. Think about the Hunter Biden laptop. That, exactly. That's exactly what this is. As soon as the Hunter Biden laptop came out and New York Post put that out. Yep. I retweeted it and got an Insta ban. Boom. You're done. Unless you delete this. I got one. You have to delete this tweet before we let you post it. And that was a direct result of yeah, the of Biden this. administration yeah. and now and they working come out and with say, the FBI. Yeah, it was right. Yeah, exactly. Everything in it was true. Yeah. He even admits it. They and that even... was that was election interference. That was right before the election. If that gets out and that's a true story pushed, yeah. does that affect the outcome of the election? I am gonna I am going to be very interested to see what the Supreme Court and how they rule and how they come down on all this stuff. All right. So the first couple of years, I made my own costumes, which of course suck, the ghost, the hobo, no good. <laughs> then finally, third year, begging the parents, got the Superman Halloween costume, not surprisingly. <laughs> Cardboard box, cellophane top, mask included. Remember the rubber band on the back of that mask? That was a quality item there, wasn't it? <laughs> that was good for about 10 seconds before it snapped out of that cheap little staple they put it in there with. <laughs> Go to your first house. Trick or snap. It broke. I don't believe it. Wait up, you guys. I gotta fix it. That's what kids say. They don't say wait. They say, wait up. Hey, wait up. Because when you're little, your life is up. The future is up. Everything you want is up. Wait up. Hold up. Shut up. Mom, I'll clean up. Let me stay up. Parents, of course, are just the opposite. Everything is down. Just calm down. Slow down. Come down here. Sit down. Put that down. This is my man Jerry Seinfeld uh, talking about Halloween. I totally get the part about the uh, the cardboard box with the cellophane top and the uh, the plastic mask with the rubber band. Oh, when I was, was a kid, we had King Vitamin cereal, and it had a little mask on the back <laughs> you would cut out. Yes. <laughs> yes. I For one time in my life, I grew up pretty hardcore um, Christian upbringing, right? I mean, and and it was something that Halloween was still no big deal. Some kids didn't do Halloween because of their you know strict upbringing, religious upbringing. But I remember one year they let me be um, 
they dressed me and my cousins up as Kiss. Oh, the band. The yeah. band Kiss, <laughs> which, you know, back in the day we used to think Kiss stood for night, Knights in Satan's Service. <laughs> there, was that, there was that old myth. But I was surprised that, you know, growing up in a biblical background, I was allowed to go to Kiss for Halloween when I was a kid. And that's when it changed. Well, that's when, yeah, that's that's when, when everything when it, went south. That's when it all changed. Now, this next story gives me faith in young people. We've been hearing a lot about these pro-Palestinian demonstrations from the uh, river to the sea, all this uh, you know, genocidal talk with, with Israel. We, we earlier had the audio of that Cuban man confronting the communists that yeah. had set up table on a college campus. Uh, but this actually gives me faith that um, the youth is still, um, th- th- there's still hope, right? So uh, a group of high school auto tech students in Virginia, they fixed up this car. They gave it to a single mother of six, and it was funded by a some sort of cooperative that supports single mothers, right? But here is Michelle Menez awesome. talking about what a life-changing gift the vehicle is. They've been helping me, and to get this car is just a blessing. This has been hard as a single mother. And I really appreciate everything everybody's done to make this happen. Before I got there, I was struggling, and I really needed the help. And it's been just amazing to be able to take the kids where they need to go and, you know, be able to get back and forth to work so I can do the things that I need to do. Giving me faith in young people that these high school students took time to fix this car up and give it to a single mother at six. And it always, and Jerry, it always... I swear, I take things for granted all the time that I shouldn't. I mean, I, I like you know the human nature. Though. It's it's like I get in my truck. I've gotten into my truck every day for twelve years, and it's always started. It's always gotten me to work. A few dead batteries here and there. AAA comes out. Forty minutes, I'm I'm in and out, no problem. But it's there are people in this country, without a doubt, that that I mean, they don't know whether their car is going to start. They don't know whether they're going to have enough money to go buy groceries. The groceries prices are so high. So when I hear stories like this, it does restore my faith in humanity and young humanity. And and, and the cool thing about this is I hope those high school students got that feeling on the inside of how good it feels to help somebody like this. And it probably encourages them to to keep doing that. Or maybe somebody else saw them do that and goes, you know, it kind of starts to chain reaction. Well, hey, we should do it. So hopefully this is just the beginning of more cool stories. How about about this one? A 14-year-old in Virginia. He's a high school student, got awarded a $25,000 scholarship, and was crowned as America's top young scientist for inventing a bar of soap that helps fight skin cancer. Wow. Here is, uh, here is Herman. The kid's name's Herman about his amazing invention. SCTS is a compound-based bar of soap. It's charged with cancer-fighting chemicals like imidazoquinolines to help treat the skin. As of right now, I'm planning on further commercializing SCTS, and by 2028, I hope to turn SCTS into a nonprofit organization where I can provide equitable and accessible skin cancer treatment to as many people as possible. How about that kid, huh? Yeah, if your name's Herman, you better invent something, though. <laughs> if you're a 14-year-old named Herman. That is all. So my, my, my dad actually passed of melanoma, so this is pretty cool. Oh, my God. I'm yeah, so this sorry. Is, this, is a, this is pretty cool to even hear that this is even a thing. So hopefully hopefully it goes on to... to 14 to, years old? That's what awesome. What were you doing at 14 years old? Yeah, I mean, you're a smart guy, though. I can I tell you're not smart... inventing. I was inventing ways to, to cheat on tests. <laughs> like, right. 14, I was not. This is This is awesome. 
Uh, oh, by the way, just to piggyback on this here real quick before we get to uh, our oil and gas expert, Jay Young, that's coming up after uh, after the news. Um, what's up with gas prices, how it's affecting things in the Middle East. We've had this guy on before. He is really good. That's coming up after 530. But uh, soap and deodorant sales are up, speaking of soap. Any clue why? Would you have, to, like, just off the top of your head, deodorant sales are up. Why? No, no. It's because more people are, go- are going back to the office. So we're just stinky at home? <laughs> they, they let their uh, hygiene uh, just go to hell at home. By a lot. By 8%. <laughs> the parent company of Degree Deodorant, an Axe Body Spray. Well, does that count as deodorant? Says says uh, 8%. They saw an 8% bump in sales of personal care products last quarter, including soap and body wash. About half of it was from deodorant sales alone. So more people back in the office. I guess I got to shower. I guess I got to clean myself. I guess I'm not allowed to stink it up anymore. I guess I got to buy some deodorant. Did you, were you stuck at home for a long time? I was. I was COVID? stuck at home for like four years. I mean, I would call it stuck. I, I yeah, I was at home for like four years. So are you back in the office? Yeah, I mean, I, as I want to be. Okay. Yeah. 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 And now, so, I'm, now I'm at the point where I come just to get the heck out of the house. I, I don't want to. I don't want to out you and let yeah. people know what you do for a just, living. You got a real job, yeah, right? Just to get out of the house, okay. I go to the office yeah. <laughs> and come here and fill in for Hammer. Yeah. I was. We were lucky enough to be here every single day during COVID. That was the one thing that the, our previous company. Sure, they mandated the Vax jab, but they let us come to work. Right. And and we had this building to ourselves. Notice there's a lot more people here now. It kind of sucks. Yeah. Like the parking garage. Uh, well, they're starting to bring spot. people back too. I think more companies. So my more. Pre- my previous employer down here, there. It's really hard when uh, when you convince your employees yep. they can do a damn good job at home. Yeah. For years, and now you want me to come back to work with the same pay? Like, what's incentive to come down here other than for me? It was just mental health. Get out, walk around the neighborhood, see people interact. But I don't want. I'm not doing that five days a week. But you did, crazy. But did you? So so you are still working from home Correct. a few days a week. Correct. Yeah, my wife works from home, and you're right. She's got to get out. Some yeah. some of these calls she gets on, she just goes out and walks around the yeah. neighborhood. But but what what are what was the reasoning for your company or other companies saying, ah, it's time to come back? So I think, personally, it's because you paid for your name on the building. You've paid for your name on the building. <laughs> yeah, you're paying for right. the lights. You're still paying your rent. You're paying all this stuff to whoever owns yeah. the building your business is in. You guys better come in here and use this space. <laughs> very, very smart analysis right there from, uh, from, from Jerry Lopez, who's filling in for Hammer. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez filling in for Hammer. One of my biggest issues in the next election is energy production. Joe Biden got into office, signed an executive order, got rid of a bunch of the oil leases and pipelines, and and now we're 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 begging OPEC with a hat in hand to turn on the spigots for more, and it's just embarrassing, you know. Yeah, it feels like just yesterday that gas prices were going down and people had more money in their pockets, yeah. and all of a sudden, you know, we're we're back to hurting and prices are going crazy, and and we're all just trying to play catch up. Let's go to the hotline and bring on one of our favorite oil and gas experts. Jay Young is the man. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to the supply and demand of oil and gas. He is an oil and energy expert. Jay, uh, long time. No talk, man. How you been? Nothing good, Nigel. Hope 
Football's well there in Indy. Uh, it is. It's cold. Um, I know you're down in Texas, which you probably don't really have to worry about that kind of thing, which must be uh, nice. About, about 50 today. Oh, so. Well, must be nice. Now, look, um, let's start in the Mideast, this conflict with Israel and Hamas, and things are getting squirrely down there. I did read a headline that it it seems like gas prices have gone down a little bit. I mean, compared to to what, you know, $5 a a year or two ago. Um, Tell me what is happening with gas prices, first of all, in this country and how you see it. Yeah, well, that's a good good question, Nigel. And I think what happens is, it's it's not necessarily, you know, gasoline prices are a lag. They lag, right? It's not like, oh, okay, well, there's a there, there, there's turmoil in the Middle East. Bam, there's go oil prices fifty cents or dollar. No, that's not what happens. So, what happens is supply and demand. That's exactly what happens with oil and gas prices. It's been it's economics one hundred and one. So when we have the supply necessary, which we've had, we've had the supply necessary here in the United States here lately. To meet demand, because if we oversupply demand, obviously, you know, prices will go down. If the other way around, prices will go up. What, what's happened here lately and for, you know, the, the September and October timeframes is we've had a, an influx of, of oil on the markets. And all of a sudden, people aren't driving in September, October. They're going to start driving in November, December, though, obviously. And then come, you know, spring and summer. But right now... We have an oversupply problem, so gasoline prices have gone down. But they're going to come back up pretty soon when when, when we we need that oil and we don't have it in the United States because of some of the things that you mentioned a minute ago. I don't necessarily want to go politics on you, but, yeah, Biden, Biden doesn't like that drill bit. <laughs> he doesn't have a drill baby drill sticker on his on his car. <laughs> now I so so how do we get the oversupply? Because I know Biden kind of like eased restrictions on Venezuela while clamping down here on the United States, and that floods the market with oil. Did that have anything to do with it? Like, where is the over um, you know oversupply coming from? But it's, it's, yeah, it's oversupply, but it's it's our supply from the Permian Basin, some of our drilling activity from the horizontal wells that they're drilling out there but it's really demand more than oversupply I'm, I'm, my, my apologies about that okay it's it's, it's yeah demand's going down demand's going with, down. with yeah so your supply is staying the same at 13 million barrels a day in the united states you know we um we need 20 million so that's 7 million difference but yeah that's the answer biden just go ahead and let venezuela who's you know we've been in war <laughs> war at for 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 decades and let them sell us oil yeah instead of us producing it here in the United States. Yeah, let's let some And meanwhile, it's only helping it. Russia as well. They get to buy oh. the oil cheap and as Absolutely. they as they do battle with Ukraine, correct? Absolutely. And it's a huge chess game that, you know, with with Hamas, Israel, I mean, with with Egypt coming out now saying they're they're going to start, you know, pounding the borders. I mean, if if something happens, we get the we can see $150 oil overnight, literally. Wow. So, you, if, so if that happens, obviously gasoline prices will go way up. So you said the U.S. consumes about twenty, we produce about thirteen. Where do we get that seven million uh, that that we're missing? Where do those usually come from? Yeah, imports, and that's from Mexico, Canada. You know, there's some from Iran. We were getting, you know, six hundred thousand barrels a day from from Russia, which we're not anymore. Uh, which you know, coincidentally, if 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 you just said something about the. Um, um, you know, that, that Alaskan, or I'm sorry, the Canadian pipeline, 
would have given us 600,000 yeah. barrels that Biden put off. We'd be equal, but, you know, we, we cut off that Canadian pipeline uh, because Biden didn't think it was a good idea. Uh, but so we get it from, from all different kinds of countries that we import the oil, and, and that's our – we we have what, what George Bush said in his 2006 you know, State of the Union address. He said, we've got an addiction to oil. Man, we've got to have it. I mean, if we're going to drive on roads, asphalt, plastics, lipstick, gasoline, jet fuel, trucking, if we're going to eat, I mean, we've got an addiction to 20 million barrels of oil a day, and that's just the way that our our, our United States runs, uh, good or bad, and we've got to have it, and we're not going to go down with our demand anytime soon. We're going to continue on, but, and electric cars are going to help, but our population growth is also increasing, so what does that mean long-term? We're, we're still going to need oil. So, so two things. One, uh, electric cars sound good, but they're, they're run. Those batteries, those big charging stations are actually run off of diesel, diesel um, batteries, correct? Diesel. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So yeah. We, still need, yeah. we still need the oil there. So it, but, but back, to, back to the 20 and, and 13. During our heyday of exporting, how many, how many barrels were we producing a day? The, hey, the the biggest we've ever done is 13, probably 13.6. So when we were one of the number one pr- exporters? No, we, we were – okay, wait a minute. We're, we need 20 million a day, right. and we're only producing 13, so we still need seven. So we've never been – and what, what and we did export oil because our refineries in the United States couldn't take more than 13 million a day. So we were an exporter of oil, and not because of our – not not because of our demand, our, our our demand cycle and our supply wasn't anything because of that. It was only because we were overproducing our our refineries. You know, so uh, when people say, "No, oh, well, we're producing enough oil in the United States," no, we're not. But we also don't have the refineries necessary to to take the oil and and or take the yeah take the oil and put it in different products for us. You know. And Biden is also, um, we're speaking with oil and gas expert Jay Young here. Talk about a, a little bit about the um, the gas and oil reserves, the strategic supply, the yeah. depletion yeah. of this, and how important yeah. that is and what Biden has been doing with that. Yeah, and we've got about 17 days remaining, unfortunately, if we go to war. And, you know, and what that is is strategic reserves put together, you know, a few decades ago because if we go to war and we can't get oil from – other countries let's say that seven million a day if we can't get that seven million a day which means that we're producing 13 which if we have a huge problem we're not going to be producing 13 million a day and we're going to need more than seven so we would we would need to go to our strategic reserves to say hey we need oil how can we get oil we could we could get oil out of strategic reserves or you know biden can use that for an election and and try to get his democrats in in office I, I didn't say it out loud, did I? Am yeah, I, am no, I on it's the okay. Air? I'm not on the Dude, air. you're, sp- you're preaching the truth. <laughs> so, so, Jay, when people talk about, you know, for, for, for all the listeners out here who always, you know, we go to the pump and we go, man, 40 cents, or man, it's up 13 cents, or across the street, it's 20 cents cheaper. What actually affects the price of what we see day to day? Yeah, well, in, anything and everything there is. I'm right. It's supply and demand. It's, it's about getting oil in and out of different oil fields, you know, to the refineries. It's about, you know, world oil and, and turmoil and even there's so many different things that you can see on a daily minute by minute basis. When you have one 
missile that goes in. It could it could affect and disrupt oil going into different countries that live just like us, and they 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 need oil so bad. Um, you know, and most countries, Iran, Russia, I mean, they live off their oil, right? We don't do that. We don't live. I mean, it's like if a, if if Iraq, Iran, a lot of Mexico's budgets, all these, you know, if if they produce two like like right now. Two million barrels a day. Let's say um, Iran's producing two million barrels a day. Well, that money goes into their government's coffers, straight to their government, straight to their government, and then they have their budgets. That's not us at all. I mean, we're we're public companies, private companies that produce all this oil and gas. Now they get their severance taxes off of it. The government does, but yeah. that's that's how their budgets are run. So you can imagine, you know, if if there's a disruption, that people want their oil or they're not giving up oil or Whatever, and let's say that that we we try to cut them off of so so much oil, then it's a huge. It, it could be a huge impact on what oil prices do on, on a on a minute by minute basis. I mean, you have a blog up right now. We'll mention the website in a minute, but it, it, the headline is pretty chilling. It says, "Buckle up, could ten dollar gas be in our near future?" Can you take us through that? Yeah, exactly. Well, so what happens is what could happen. I'm not I'm not sure, but We've seen this before, and, and we were at $150 oil during Obama, so this isn't like a, you know, it's right. not anything new and not anything catastrophic. It, what, 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 what could be is if we do go to war and you do see $200 oil, $250 oil, you see something that is just so outrageous that, that these companies just come in and they, or these countries come in and just cut off our our supplies and, and there's war and, and all the different vessels that you see that, that come in, you know, and cut off these oil supplies to these different countries, and they just retaliate, which is, hey, a lot of world wars are, are, are fought because of oil. Yeah. You know, oil and gas, you know, which is, you know, Texas, we're a proud supporter and, and a producer of oil in the United States. So, um, you know, that that would cripple our economy and our, our the people that go to work every day. I mean, a lot of them are affected even directly or the trickle down, you know, with, with oil and gas and, and what happens. So that would be, you know, terrible, obviously for, for the United States. Jay Young, where can people find you? Where, where, where I know you have your blog and a website. Just tell everybody uh, where they can reach out. Yeah. King, kingoperating.com. And you can go in there and look at my book, the upside of oil and gas investing. Forbes was my publisher. I wrote it because I wanted people to, Hey, number one, know about the markets. B, know about me and my family and, our, and the oil and gas business. It's kind of a, you know, who's who, who am I type deal. Which you know me. We've met in person. Sure, yeah. But the, You've been but here. The third thing, absolutely. The third thing is, hey, if, if, if you want to participate, you know, it's 100% write-off. Uh, it's monthly income. It's a vehicle that you can participate in. So I talk about it if you're, if you're a credit investor. You can do that. Um, or not. I mean, I'm not trying to get you to say you say on our programs, but you can look at it or just what's a good deal and what's a bad deal. What's the website again? It's kingoperating.com. King, K-I-N-G, kingoperating.com. Jay, hopefully uh, next time you'll have some uh, better news for us when we talk, okay? Oh, you guys are great. All right. We didn't get to speak, but uh, next time hopefully we let's can. And let's let's uh Man, I, I really appreciate you guys, and you all have a great, great holiday season coming up. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
All right, happy Halloween, everybody. I'm Nigel. Jerry Lopez is filling in for Hammer. According to CandyStore.com, I'm inclined to agree with this. The least popular Halloween candy is candy corn. That's would easy. You, would you That's assess? Easy I mean, yeah. I, we talked about it earlier. Either candy corn or if somebody's putting a Tootsie Roll in your bag, I throw it right back yeah. at it. Tootsie Rolls? Come on, bro. What's your favorite? Uh, Butterfingers. I'm going with Butterfingers or Reese's. I tax my Reese's. kids Reese's Cups. Yeah, I take all of go. them every time. You don't even get one. <laughs> Welcome to the real world. Now, for some people, Candy Corn rocks. Here's the new anthem for Candy Corn from Hammer and Nigel Records. Ready for this one? This is intense. Tribute to candy corn here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Eat a little candy on Jello White, slide down your throat on a Halloween night. Show the candy's thrilling, but woman, if you're willing to be thrilled, watch killing that whole bag of night. <laughs> you know the thing, you rip the package open. You know the woman, All right. I've had enough of this. Another hour of the Hammer and Nigel show coming up next. So 